Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. I want to speak this morning from the thought, built to last, built to last. Scientists tell us that storms are getting worse. They are letting us know that due to changes in the atmosphere, whether you believe in climate change or not, they tell us that the storms, the things that we're facing in hurricanes, tornadoes, those kinds of things are are getting worse than they used to be. There was a recent typhoon in Hong Kong in September of 2018. It was the strongest typhoon since 1946 in that region. Our own Nathan Barnum was actually in Hong Kong when it hit. And many of you have seen the video But there may be a few of you who have not seen the video, and so I wanted to show you a video from Nathan as he watched as the typhoon came came in. You gotta lean sideways to actually see the video. He's actually holding on to a pole, videoing. All right, very impressive. I'm sure Charlotte's seen that video once or twice. But more recently and closer to home, Hurricane Michael hit the Florida Panhandle, and it was this month. Hurricane Michael was the third most intense Atlantic hurricane to make landfall in the contiguous United States in terms of pressure behind the 1935 Labor Day hurricane and Hurricane Camille of 1969. It was also the strongest storm in terms of maximum sustained wind speed to strike the United States since Andrew in 1992. In addition, it was the strongest storm on record in the Florida Panhandle and was the fourth strongest landfalling hurricane in the United States in terms of wind speed. At least 54 deaths had been, have been attributed to this storm, including 39 in the United States and 15 in Central America. Insurance claims for Hurricane Michael in the United States were at least $1.5 billion. And that's not to add on to it the loss of agriculture and timber, which some say exceeds $3.68 billion. There was an interesting story that emerged from that storm that caught my attention. It was written about in the New York Times 14 days ago, and it really began with a photograph taken of Mexico Beach. The devastation of that area was astounding, if you've seen pictures of it. 
And you can see just the, the flattening. This was a neighborhood and the flattening of this neighborhood. And out of this incredible destruction, this image is striking because in spite of all the ruin, there is a house that looks unfazed. The New York Times article tells the story of two men, Russell King and his nephew, Dr. LeBron Lackey, who built this house. It was their dream house. It was only built last year in 2017. Mr. King and Dr. Lackey painstakingly documented every detail of the house, of the elevation of the construction, from the type of uh, pilings buried into the ground to the type of screws drilled into the walls. When the New York Times published an analysis of aerial images showing a mile-long stretch of Mexico Beach where at least three-quarter of the buildings were damaged, Dr. Lackey saw his house, that sand palace that he had built that was still standing, majestic amid the apocalyptic wreckage, the last surviving beachfront house on his block. He said, we wanted to build it for the big one. We just never knew we'd find the big one so fast. Florida's building code put into effect in 2002 is famously stringent when it comes to windstorm resistance for homes built along the hurricane-prone Atlantic shoreline, but it is less so for structures along the panhandle a region historically unaffected by storms as strong as the one that was experienced just a few weeks ago. After Hurricane Andrew, a Category 5 beast, ravaged Miami-Dade County in 1992, new construction in the southern portion of the state was required to withstand 175-mile-an-hour winds. But in the coastline panhandle, which... Mexico Beach sits. The requirement is lower. It's only required of up to 120 to 150 miles an hour. And the rules for certain kinds of reinforcement have applied to houses built more than a mile from shore only since 2007. Dr. Lackey and Mr. King, who jointly owned this home, did not even, though, when they built the home, refer to the minimum and maximum resistance, wind resistance requirements in Bay County. They did not use the government's decision or regulations to decide how to build their home. They built this house to withstand 250 mile an hour winds. The house was fashioned from poured concrete, reinforced by steel cables and rebar, with additional concrete bolstering the corners of the house. The space under the roof was minimized so that wind could not sneak in underneath and lift it off. The home's elevation on these pilings was meant to keep it from the surge 
of seawater that usually accompanies powerful hurricanes. We're thinking that we need to build a house that would survive generations, they said. He said, I believe the planet's getting warmer and the storms are getting stronger. And so we didn't used to have storms like this. So people who live on the coast need to build homes that can survive this. Their architect, Charles Gaston, Gaskin, said that building a house the way they did roughly doubles the cost per square foot compared with ordinary building practices. But for Mr. King and Mr. Lackey, they counted the cost and it seemed worth it because they believed that there just might be a storm coming. Some of you may have already thought about the passage I'm about to read because it describes such a similar setting. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Both of these men wanted to build a house. Both wanted to build a life. They were both interested in the outcome in similar ways. Both built even in the same general area. They experienced the same type of weather. While both are built in a similar style, there was one thing that was different. It was their perspective on the storm. It was their perspective on the storm. Why was one not ready for the storm and one ready for the storm? You could argue that maybe they were ignorant. Maybe the one who built on the sand was ignorant, didn't quite understand building codes. No one maybe told them about the, the pending storm that was coming. But we read a uh, in the passage that that probably isn't the case because they both heard the same thing. So more probable was the one that built on the sand was just simply more apathetic towards the storm. They were more focused on living and enjoying their life and they thought, well, it probably won't be that bad. Can I tell you today what you believe about the storm determines your response to the storm. What you believe about the storm is really what determines your response to the storm. 
We see this happen every year during the hurricane season or tornado drills. What you believe is actually happening, happening is how you respond to the storm. Why does one not build a strong foundation? Why does one not build and sure up the house that they were building? Because they didn't believe that the storm was imminent. And it would take more time to really build the house the way it needed to be built. It would cost a little bit more money to build it the way it needed to be built. And when I look out on the horizon, I don't quite see a storm pending. So I think I'll just make it whatever it needs to be to to, to get by and to get on with life. What was different about their homes and lives was not all that apparent. Just by looking at the house, the difference, and here's what I want you to understand today, the difference was only apparent during and after the storm. What was realized in the middle of the storm was the simple difference in construction of the house. That's when it comes to light. That's when you realize the foundation is not what it needs to be. On the surface, when no wind is blowing and no rain's coming down, the houses look exactly the same. But it's when it's too late that you realize that it's not built the way it needs to be built. What are these storms? These storms are the storms of life. They're the trials that come into our life. They're the things that come into our life that begin to rock us and reel us. And many times we're not prepared for the storm because we haven't spent the time and we haven't spent the money. We haven't spent the energy. We haven't counted the cost. And all of a sudden, the storm shows up and we're not built to last. Everybody, no one gets a pass on storms. Everybody goes through storms. Everybody faces tragedy. Everybody faces difficulty and difficult situations. Jesus said that the rain comes on the just and the unjust. And both of these individuals face storms. Both face circumstances beyond their control. If you live life any length of time, you're going to face circumstances that are outside of your control. And can I tell somebody today, your circumstance is not an indication of your standing with God. Your circumstance is not an indication of your standing with God. If you have money in the bank and you are in great health, it doesn't mean that you're right with God. If you have nothing in the bank and your body is full of sickness, it doesn't mean that you are not right with God. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. The storms come to everybody. Storms are not an indication of your standing with God. We have to be prepared for the storm. And I want to remind us today and take this just one step further. That the storms of life are not the only storm that we are to prepare for. Hear me today. 
I want to remind us of a great and final storm that is coming. Luke chapter 17, 26 tells us Jesus began to tell his disciples. He said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. He showed up as a storm. God showed up as a storm. He said, likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on that day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. A storm came in and they weren't ready for the storm. They weren't built for it. And he said, remember Lot's wife. He said, in that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. While you're on the rooftop, while you're in the field, he said, be ready. Because when the storm approaches, you are what you are. You're built the way you're built. You're not going to be able to turn back and go back and pick something up. It is what it is. And he said, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two men in one bed, and the one will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be working together. The one will be taken and the other left. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Suddenly, Jesus communicated these words because the Pharisees had asked him a question. And let's look at what Jesus said prior to these thoughts on Noah and Lot. He said, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. He said, you're not going to have this big flashing light that tells you it's coming. He said, it's within you. You're going to know because you're built to last. Then he addressed his disciples and he said to the disciples, the days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here, look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to another part under heaven so also the Son of Man will be in his day. Jesus is coming like lightning. Jesus is coming like lightning. He's coming quickly, as fast as you can hear it. That's how fast Jesus is coming. Jesus is not coming like a show coming to town. With months of marketing and months of promotion, 
He's giving us the opportunity right now to prepare for his coming. He's giving us the opportunity now to prepare for his coming. And when he comes, he's coming like lightning as fast as you can hear it. That's how fast he's coming back. Oh, I feel urgency to preach to you today. Don't be complacent. Don't be asleep. Realize that Jesus is coming. He's coming back. He's coming back like a storm that sweeps in. He's coming back. And we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to be ready. He's telling us to get ready now. Paul described it in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. In the blink of an eye, that's how fast it's going to happen. And we can ignore the storm. We can act like the storm isn't coming. We can act like everything's okay. But I hear Jesus telling us, uh, you've got to be built to last. Uh, you've got to put your foundation in something that can stand the storm that's coming. Because the lightning will strike during the final storm. It'll happen that fast. And we would be foolish to think that the days that we're living in are not the final storm. We would be ignorant to think that the days that we're living in are not the final storm. Matthew 24, Jesus said, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various different places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will be delivered up to you, tribulation and kill you. And you'll be hated for all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the the love of many will wax cold. Do you feel a coldness in our culture? Do you feel that coldness in our culture? I'm telling you, the storm is here. You're living in the storm. But he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Paul would write to Timothy, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. How are you going to know you're in the storm? For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. I don't know why we think that there's not a storm coming. And what I read and what I feel alarmed to tell you is that you're not going to get some promotion. You're not going to get a a marketing plan that says Jesus is coming. The storm is here and the lightning will strike and it'll all be over. 
And it doesn't matter if, if you if you've built where you build or what's happened in your bank account or, or how your life's been built, but what matters is going to be, have you put your confidence in Jesus Christ? Have you obeyed his word? Have you put everything, have you sold everything out for Jesus Christ? The difference was only the apparent storm. It was only this storm that revealed whether the foundation was firm. I want to sound this alarm today to all of us. We need to take inventory of what we are building our house on. What are you building your life on? We are in the middle of a storm. Every sign of the last days is upon us. Every indicator of the imminent return of Christ is present. The storm is here. The rain is here. And this is not the time to build your life on shifting sand. Jesus set up this discourse on the building of the house on the rock and the sand. He set it up and he said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. He said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine. So what was there, therefore, therefore? The verses prior, he said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name and done wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work, practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Lawlessness. It always strikes me when the Bible talks about lawlessness. Because he's not just talking about the Old Testament law here. He's talking about, I believe, the fact that you are not governed by God. You're lawless. You're governed by your own thoughts. You're governed by your own ideas, your own doctrine. You practice lawlessness. You do certain things for God, but you practice your own idea of what God wants. It's lawless. And he says it's shaky ground. So tonight or today... I feel compelled. I feel a burden from the Lord. I'm not angry. I could say that I'm burdened because I want the Calvary Church to be ready. No matter what the storm is, if it's a storm of life, if it's a tragedy, if it's a perplexing situation, a trial of faith, if it's a confusing time, or if it's the coming of the Lord, To survive any storm, you need the same thing. You need to be built on a life lived in obedience to Christ. 
Obedience to the word of God wholeheartedly is the only sure way to survive the storms that are sure to come. I can't tell you that creating your own idea of the word of God and your own beliefs about certain things, I can't tell you that that's a sure footing. When it comes to your life and your lifestyle, you can create your own way. You can create your own set of rules. On how you handle your money, you can create your own set of rules. You can ignore what the Bible says about tithing and giving. You can ignore what the Bible says about our lifestyle and the things we should live out. You can do that, but I can't stand up here as your pastor if you call me your pastor and tell you that you're on good ground. You're on sure ground. The only thing that I can tell you is what the Word of God says, that we obey God's Word with everything we have. It's not enough to come in here and hear the Word of God. He said both the guy who built on the rock and the guy who built on the sand, they both heard the Word of God. But it was one guy who said, you know what, I'm just going to obey the Word of God. I'm going to obey what Jesus says. And when he obeyed the word of God, he built something that when the storm came and the floods came and the winds blew, it didn't matter. He was on sure ground. Why? Because we understand that Jesus is the rock. Jesus is the only thing that we can really stand on. Jesus is the only thing that brings us power and brings us hope in this life. Everything else is shifting. Everything else doesn't matter. It's going to move. The stock market it's going to move. The government's going to move. Education's going to move. But all I got to stand on today is the sure footing of Jesus Christ. And that's why this church is built. Our number one value, our number one guiding value in this church is the will of God at any cost. The will of God at any cost. That's the only way I've come to preach and help you understand that you're going to make it. It's the only way you're going to be built to last. You got to count the cost. Count the cost. Oh, Dr. Lackey, you don't need all to invest all that money. We haven't had a storm like that. You see, we live in the panhandle. We don't get storms like that. Oh, Dr. Lackey, you're, you're, you're wasting your money. You're wasting your time. Now look at them. And I feel sorry for all of them. I'm not preaching against them. Some of those homes were built in the 70s. But it's a great illustration for us. The storm, the second coming of the Lord, is not a storm that anyone's experienced, but it's coming. It's coming. And I'm praying today, my heart goes out today to everyone in this congregation. I don't care if you're brand new or you've been in church all your life. We've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. Jesus is coming. We've got to be built to last. Would you stand with me?
If you have not obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ is simply his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And we obey the gospel through the repentance of our sins, through the baptism in his name, and the infilling of his spirit. If you have not repented of your sins, today is a great day to get right with God. If you have not been baptized in the only saving name, in Jesus' name, today is a great day to get right with God. If you have not experienced the Spirit of Christ in you through the power of the Holy Spirit, today is a great day. You see, it's obedience to His Word that makes the difference. It's not the fact that you were here today and heard me preach a message. It's the obedience. See, Moses said in Deuteronomy 5.1, God told the people, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your hearing today, that you may learn them and be careful to observe them. Paul said, For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. John would write in the book of Revelation, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. James would write, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. The foolishness of the second builder who built their house on the sand was not in that they deliberately tried to build a bad foundation, but rather they gave no consideration for the foundation at all. It wasn't that they were trying to build a bad foundation. They just gave no consideration to the foundation. And most people are not actively seeking to be in violation of the word of God. But most simply fail to give consideration to the word of God. Most fail to give consideration to the word of God. They live as if there's no storm coming. They live as if Jesus will not return. They live as if they will never die. And that's why we're warned in Scripture over and over to awake out of sleep. To pay attention. I want to ask you today, are you right with God? Are you right with God? Not are you right with me. Are you right with God? Are you actively being right with God? Because in order to withstand the storm, you have to get it right. Hear me now. You have to get it right. You have to make it right. And you have to live it right. You have to get it right. If you're not right, you can get it right today. You can make it right today. You can ask God to forgive you of your sins, and in that moment, he will forgive you of your sins. You can make it right. Maybe there's people in your life you need to make it right with. You need to make it right. And you need to live it right. Live it right.
Because we, when we do this, we can say, as Paul said, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. How has this happened? Always caring about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body, that we surrender to Jesus Christ, we obey his word completely and wholeheartedly. We carry about in our bodies the work of Jesus Christ. Not just in a moment at an altar, but every day of my life. And when I allow that, we are hard pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. When Jesus is at the forefront and I'm living out the will of God at any cost, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Oh, we're going to be persecuted. We're going to face the trials of that. But we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. And today I just come to ask you, are you right with God? Are you built to last? God, I thank you for your word. God, I don't know why the urgency to preach this message or why the burden but you do. And you have me to preach it today because you're not mad. You just care. You care about every soul under the sound of my voice. God, and I'm praying that there would be a shaking in our lives today. The enemy that has a foothold of confusion the enemy that has convinced us that the storm isn't coming the enemy that has convinced us we can just live our own way and still make it to the end Lord I pray you'd break break the back of that thinking I pray you'd break it in our church I pray you'd break that spirit that lying spirit that would raise its head, that would cause some to think that compromising here and there of your word is not really that big of a deal. Lord, I smite it down in the name of Jesus. God, in my own life where maybe I allow your other thoughts and not your thoughts to be preeminent, Lord, I pray. We would tear down strongholds, cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oh God, I want to be right with you today. I don't want to leave this place, not because I'm afraid I'm going to get in a car wreck, not because I'm just afraid that you're coming, but because I know you're coming, because I know there are people all around me that need to know you're coming. I pray, oh God, that I would get right with you today. Align my heart with your heart. 
Align my vision with your vision. Align, God, every aspect of my life with you. God, if I have to relinquish some things in my life, if I have to say no to some pleasures in this life so that I can gain an eternal reward, Lord, it's worth it. Oh, hallelujah. I wonder if somebody would come and pour your heart out to the Lord. I wonder if you'd come unashamedly. Throw down your pride. Throw down everything and say, God, I need you today. I need to get right with you today. I need to make everything right with you today. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.